admit or face just how dark of a place humanity has come to. And to do so means that the certain influences in the world must be acknowledged. The end of all evil. Never in all of history have the elements been arrayed against the evil manifested tyranny and slavery as they are today. The dreams that burn in the hearts of billions have been growing stronger through the millennia. The children of this world are owed a liberty from the slavery that few are able to comprehend. This is the most exciting era in all of human history. It is the dawn of the freedom of mankind. It is the dawn of the freedom of mankind. Hello, and welcome to the End Evil Podcast. My name is Chris Jansen. I'm here tonight with the most special guest. Um, the End Evil Podcast was actually inspired by Mark Passio, and Mark Passio has taken um, some time aside tonight to uh, have some discussion with me, interview. Thanks so much for coming, Mark. Really appreciate it. Chris, thank you for bringing me onto the show. Uh, I love your podcast. I think you're doing really great work, and I'm um, glad to be here. Thanks. I mean, I mean, you're to me, it's a big deal. You're you're a hero. It's hard to find. You know, I've noticed that a lot growing up. It's really hard to find heroes in this world, and there's not nearly enough. And when I found your work and really dug it deeply into it, I was like thinking to myself, you know, this is a chance in the lifetime kind of thing. You know, people have lived through amazing, famous people, you know, that we hear about in history. And are you someone who's awake enough to realize this is one of those guys that we're supposed to be listening to? And so I, I would put you on that pedestal. And I thank you very much for your hard work and diligence on sharing well, the work you've done. I really, really appreciate that. I don't like consider myself a hero to other people. You know, I, I just am uh, speaking the truth, uh, you know, as I understand it and as I, my personal experience has allowed me to understand it, uh, in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, I just look to be a, a way shower and to set a positive example for other people to uh, learn the truth and then speak the truth to other people. But I really appreciate, uh, you know, that, that's high compliment. So thank you very much. Sure. And then, um, you know, your class, which you're teaching, what you were um, doing last night, how to become the true media. You know, I was able to attend that class last season. And, um, man, the amount of things I learned from that, I'm still implementing. Even just now when we were getting on our Zoom class, I'm repeating the words that you would mm -hmm. say to me, you know, how to handle these computer problems and issues that come up. And so um, I'd like to hear a little bit about your viewpoint about teaching and the art of teaching, because that's basically what I see you as, the teacher of morality, the teacher of natural law. Um, what, what do you, I'd like to hear your comments on what being a good teacher is and how we should become teachers. Well, you know, I didn't start out like that. Uh, of course, you know, people know my my background, if they're familiar with my work at all, that I started out uh, in dark occultism and, um, you know, getting involved in Satanism and, uh, you know, being about selfishness, uh, being, um, you know, about just accumulation of knowledge and power for the self. And that's it, you know, and unfortunately, this is the mindset of the general masses of humanity. It's all about me, me, me. It's, uh, you know, from the minute, 
you know, the day begins until they go to bed at night. It's uh, what can I get for me? What's in it for me? Uh, what's in it for my comfort? What's in it for my advancement? And they don't think about, um, you know, what what can they do to be of, of service to other people? What can they do to be of service to the whole species so that we can learn and grow in consciousness and evolve and get out of the state of human slavery that humanity is currently in? Uh, th- these ideas don't even occur to most people. Uh, let alone, um, you know, uh, bettering the self to a point where you can be of service to someone else and, and teach others. And, uh, you know, that, that was where my former mindset was at. And, uh, I had to come out of it, uh, through a harsh awakening of realizing that, uh, there are people working toward the enslavement of everyone, not just some people, not just some groups, but the entire species of humanity. And, uh, it's like, I think the universe almost guided me into that position because, uh, I'm naturally a skeptical individual. I'm naturally, uh, you know, a, a logic, logically oriented in, in my mentation and in my whole mindset. And, uh, you know, it's almost like I had to be put in the personal life experience of being around some of the people who are really calling the shots in our world and understanding their psychopathic mindset, or I would never have come out of that, uh, you know, egotistical, satanic way of thinking. And uh, even after that, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to emphasize, um, you know, w- when I decided I'm going to learn everything that I can possibly learn about what's really going on in this world and, uh, you know, study history and study psychology and study the the dark and light sides of the occult world uh, to understand how these uh, sorcerers, if you will, uh, who I call the dark occultists, are manipulating human consciousness. Uh, even after learning that, I still did not really get the idea that uh, one has to go even beyond that accumulation of knowledge. I was simply taking in more knowledge for myself to understand on my own what was going on. And it wasn't until I attended uh, some meetings of uh, people who can, you know, were running a group about consciousness and about uh, what is going on in the world uh, in different aspects, uh, you know, uh, that I met uh, someone that was, that had had the, um, had the nerve to tell me right to my face um, what are you doing with all that knowledge? Uh, you're, you're just sitting back on it. You're not doing anything really useful or positive with it. Uh, it's great that you know what you've come to know, but until uh, there's an outlet for that information and you start creating and putting your creations out into the world to teach other people so that they can become as knowledgeable as you, uh, all that knowledge is ultimately sitting there doing practically nothing. It's just wasting away in your own mind, you know, um, and that hit me really, really hard. You know, it, it, it was uh, it was to a point where I had a hard time sleeping like my uh, you know, I, I was thinking about what the individual said to me and I was like, they're, they're absolutely correct. Um, you know, that uh, I'm not really doing anything truly useful with everything that I had come to know up to the, up to that point. And, you know, uh, eventually I had to make the decision where 
it's not just good enough to know about what's going on. You know, that's step number one. Step number one is gathering the information that you need to understand about what's taking place. But that's not the end. That's the very beginning, actually. The, the second stage of true awakening spiritually is you're going to then help to teach other people and help to influence their consciousness for the better. And that's the teaching stage. Uh, and again, you could call it teaching. You could call it way showing. You could call it setting an example. You could call it inspiring others. It doesn't really matter what anyone calls it. Uh, it's the, the behavior that really makes a difference. It's, you know, taking what you have come to understand, formalizing it, putting it out there through your own unique creation and then sharing it widely, publicly, uh, making it as freely available as possible for as many people to see and hear it as possible so that they can come to understand that information more easily and more readily than they ordinarily would have on their own. That's what it's ultimately all about. That's what I consider doing the great work. The great work is twofold. It is first taking the knowledge of truth into oneself, and then the second stage is sharing it for other people by becoming a creator of content, becoming a creator of modern forms of media, and sharing that as widely and as freely as possible uh, online, which is where the the uh, modern repository of this type of knowledge lies. And, you know, one thing you said during that, um, you were talking about the woman who originally you said had the nerve, you know, to say that to you and, and how deeply that struck you and you staying up the night. And it reminds me of back in the days when I was working at the, the um, superior court as a maintenance man, you know, getting my government money for a paycheck. And I'm starting to listen to podcasts in my ear and I got you in my ear <laughs> saying, what are you doing? <laughs> little boy, you know, wake up. And and I did stay up at night thinking about it, you know, and sometimes I'd be like, why does he keep yelling at me? You know, why do I keep listening to this guy getting mad at me? Because you got a good point, you know, and the more I thought about it, if it's keeping me up at night and I'm thinking about it, there must be something to it. And so, you know, that's kind of the next question I have. Um, I've had I've been able in the last year, like as I've been able to reach out now and start speaking out more, I've met other people that have followed your work and that have been come to the understanding of natural law and there's a group of us we meet every week and we're you know we talk about these issues and we talk about some of the nuances and the frustrations we deal with um in the past year there have been um so much going on like for me the biggest issue has been the masks okay and um facing the mask issue from the beginning like right away i was very clear i knew where to stand and a lot of that had to do with the knowledge I've gained from studying your work and the other research I've done and understanding freedom. And um, what I'm getting at though, is once you know these things, it puts you in a position like you're saying of feeling the responsibility to start teaching and to help other people. But the nuances that I'm talking about, we discuss in our meetings is okay. Day to day when we're out in public, like going in a grocery store, for instance, you're vastly outnumbered. It's like, there's, we're surrounded by people that have no clue what we're talking about. And, um, I struggle with sometimes finding the nerve, you know, or the bravery to speak to people and then when to have these fights and when not to. And when's it appropriate and when's it not to. So I would kind of like to hear your point of view on that. You know, I know a big part of your message has been to us, those of us who are interested to get out there and speak out 
and do it on online. But, you know, it gets tricky when you could get into a fight with someone in a public place, you know, over masks in a store or something, and people get really militant. Um, where do you draw the line? How do you think we should handle these kind of nuanced situations in public? When, when's it okay? When's it not okay? Well, uh, I would say, first of all, that I have not placed a mask over my mouth and nose uh, at all since this entire nonsense of, uh, you know, COVID-19 began. Um, I will not capitulate to worldview violence. Uh, no one is going to say to me, you must believe what I believe. You must accept the mainstream narrative that's coming out of the lying media's mouth. Um, no, I don't have to believe anybody's narrative. Uh, no, that narrative will not be forced into my mind because quite frankly, I know better and I'm not, I'm not going to back down from that position. Um, and, uh, I am not afraid to tell people I know more than you know. I'm, I'm smarter than most other people. That sounds super egotistical, but it happens to be true, you know, and uh, people can get as offended as they want about that. Uh, I have a capacity to see patterns that other people cannot. That's what consciousness is. Consciousness is the ability to recognize patterns and meaning regarding what is taking place within the self and in the environment in which the self operates. And some people are very bad at that. They're low consciousness individuals. They're, uh, you know, low, not only, uh, intellectual acumen, but they're low spiritual acumen individuals. And I'm not one of those individuals. I have high intellectual acumen and high spiritual acumen. And I'm not afraid to tell that to other people because it happens to be true. There are differences in that when it comes to people. We are not all the same when it comes to that. So no one else is going to subjugate me to their worldview, especially people that I don't consider as intelligent or spiritually advanced as myself. Uh, and that doesn't mean that that makes you immediately a better person than someone else. You know, somebody can have a lot of that knowledge and still not do the right thing with it. Okay, but I'm not going to be told that I'm a mass murderer because I walk around the public without a mask in the year 2020 and 2021 when 2019 I did that very behavior and it wasn't a problem. See, the only reason that people even believe that anything different has occurred is because the lying mainstream media told them something different has occurred. There is not anything really drastically different taking place today than there was in the year 2018, 2019, etc. Okay, the same amount of people get sick and die from respiratory illnesses as they ever have. All you have to do is look at flu numbers in 2019 and then 2020 it goes away because they simply reclassified it. So when it comes to dealing with masks, I basically made the decision, one, I'm not putting one on and no one will put one on me or they will. I will defend myself. Let's put it that way. And I know how to defend myself and I have the capacity to defend myself. So uh, I project that. So most people will not say a word to me. Now, in, in the, in the, in the instances where people will tell you, we don't want you in our store, I'll abide by that and I'll leave and I won't give them my business ever again. I'll never walk into those places ever again in my life. I'll choose places 
if it is available in the environment where I can go where people don't make a big deal about it. So I went to certain restaurants. I went to certain markets that did not have rigid restrictions when it came to that, regardless of what the government said. And I patronized them with my business. And that's who I'll continue to patronize. Uh, anybody else, um, you know, essentially if they – I'll leave them alone. Right. If they want to dwell in that ignorance, I'll continue to speak the truth in the in the forums that I speak online and I'll leave them alone. And if they wake up at some point, wonderful. And if they don't, that's on them and that's on their karma. But I will if somebody says something to me like I'm doing the wrong thing, then I open my mouth. Um, and most people just shut their mouth and leave me alone, because like I said, I kind of project you better leave me alone. I'm not the kind of person that's going to be trifled with. You know what I mean? I don't take to that kindly. And, uh, uh, you know, um, I think people recognize that in, in street dealings with me that I'm not some naive punk on the street. I'm very streetwise in addition to being very spiritually, I have a high level of spiritual understanding. And, you know, I'm no, I'm no stranger to violence on the street, you know, and, you know, I, I arm myself at all times. I know martial arts to a a, a very deadly extent. Okay. And I think people recognize this isn't a person you want to be messing with by getting up in their face. And that is spiritual. That's a spiritual attitude. That's, that's an attitude of projecting. Leave me alone. Don't tell me what I need to believe. Don't act like you own me. You don't own me. I don't own you. You own yourself. I own myself. Leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. Right. And that's the attitude I walk with and project when I'm on the street or, or in public. And, um, very wisely, people have generally left me alone and not gotten up in my face about it. And, uh, that's basically the attitude that I continue to hold regarding this. Uh, but if they want trouble, and they want to get up in my face about it, they'll find it, you know, and they they better not take it into a realm of violence because they may begin that violence, but I will certainly end it, you know, and that's I what self-defense that. is. I love your answer and the way, um, you know, the word that was coming into my head before we discussed this when I was thinking of questions to you is the word defiance, you know, and when you live by example, what what better way of, like when we were talking about teaching, what better way of teaching is there than to lead by example? And so for me, like, um, I've never been nearly as confident as you are. It's, I've had, you know, my emotional issues and being who I am and my personality, I was always kind of a people pleaser most of my life, but coming to understand freedom and studying your work, I've actually listened to your voice sometimes to help me build my confidence. But I was very clear when the masking came around that absolutely not. And anybody who's, tried to um, tell me I should has heard. And there's been times when I have lost my temper. One particular job site, they tried to mask Nazi me and I threw my helmet down the hallway and yelled at everybody, you know, and that wasn't the best way to handle the situation maybe, but um, I'm proud of myself for holding my ground on that. And I thank you for giving me that, um, Absolutely. that fire in a lot of ways because no one else that I know in life has really been as confident and sure of themselves, you know, very few people I can think of. 
People so, have to move into that place of defiance, Chris. I mean, you know, the name of your show is End Evil, great name for uh, a podcast. And we're not going to end evil unless we take a stance of defiance against evil. This is not about health. This is about controlling others. And anybody who hasn't gotten to that level of understanding and sees that clearly for what it is has a mental block and a spiritual block. You know, it, it's just about as plain as day as it could possibly be. And if anybody isn't at that simple level of understanding yet, they have their own personal issues that they have to deal with to overcome the uh, the the block in their vision that they have not dealt with because of confidence issues, because of respect issues, and quite frankly, because of ignorance, uh, you know, and and cowardice. You know, that that that's what's blocking them from understanding what this whole psyop is all about. This is a psychological warfare operation for the total enslavement of humanity. If people aren't at that level of understanding yet, they need to play catch up and quickly, I might add. Yeah, that's, you know, something that I've been repeating a lot is that, that we're involved in a war. And just because you're not seeing explosions on the street doesn't mean we're not getting hit by bombs. We're getting hit by food bombs. We're getting hit by, you know, mental warfare, psychological bombs. You know, there are different types of weaponry that's being used. And it may right. actually lead to, you know, far worse physical things. But, um, you know, this is pretty freaking bad. You know, like we're in the midst of a war. So. Think about how many people haven't been treated medically because of this nonsense. How many people have been given potential treatments if they do have respiratory problems and have been told to just go home and let it get worse? You know, try to they're missing their appointments. You know, they haven't been coming in and getting a checkup. So things are getting progressively worse because they rely on someone else to handle their health rather than elective procedures have been just not not done with many people. Uh, This is a soft form of eugenics. And then, like you said, how, uh, you know, what about people losing their jobs, not being able to provide for themselves and their family? And then, like you said, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, people's uh, health just degrading and of uh, food issues. Sitting uh, food at home, depressed. Yep. Depression, suicide, all of that is up, you know, all other aspects of health that that don't have to do with this nonsense re- uh, respiratory uh, creation uh, that the uh, social engineers came up with to frighten everybody into compliance. You know, uh, whether there is anything new regarding that or not, people have always suffered and died from respiratory illnesses, and they probably always will until they really you know, truly take personal responsibility for their health and their hands, stop taking in tons and tons of chemicals and toxins, eat right, get their nutrition uh, the, the, the way it should be, and, uh, you know, uh, bolster their immune system, etc. When people understand real nutrition and real health and understand the requirements for that and, and then actually do those things, then they'll take personal responsibility of their health in their own hands, uh, like people uh, who have been truly responsible adults have done since the beginning of humanity and you know that's true care right it's caring for others and caring for yourself and to get ourselves to that place where we can be the person we're describing who can be confident and say something that is hard to say it takes conditioning it takes building yourself up and that's kind of one of the directions i intend to go with my podcast is to try to help people get there because for me it's been a struggle to speak out it's been a struggle i get like little panic attacks but every time I fight through it, I get better at it. Every time I speak out, it's not so bad the next time. And it's amazing. Like you said, I've had times where I go into a store and they have like even a greeter up front who says, oh, sir, you can't come in without wearing a mask. 
And if I'm confident and sure of myself and I said, that's not the case and just keep walking, you know, nine times out of 10, they don't say shit, you know, they back down, you know, every once in a while, like you said, you have to turn the other way and say, all right, screw you guys. I'm not coming here anymore. Right. But in order to get to that place of self-confidence, we need to really work on ourselves. And I, I agree with you that really that's the crux of the issue that people need to be working on themselves. And so I think about, you know, what's holding people back from, from working on themselves. And one of the things that came into my mind, what I, I'd like to hear you talk a little bit about, which is the importance of self-discipline and discipline itself. And I think that's something that's majorly lacking in how we're teaching our children and and that most people don't have much self-discipline at all. So I'd oh, like to hear what you have to say on that subject of discipline. That is an extremely important point, and uh, it, you're absolutely correct. Um, parents have done a tragically awful job in the true raising of children in the modern world, and they are making them weak and soft, and they're making their minds weak, and they're making them open to manipulation by the state and by the sorcerers of consciousness, as I call them, the uh, social engineer class. And uh, they're not teaching them persistence. They're teaching them to give up easily. They're not teaching them uh, how to put priorities in place in their life, how to um, structure things so that they can get things done efficiently and effectively. Uh, they're, they're, they're scatterbrained children nowadays. They're, they're weak. They're scatterbrained. They have no discipline, no self-respect. Um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, teaching discipline is ultimately at the very beginning of a child's life, obviously a parent's responsibility. But what we see in the modern day, unfortunately, is that most parents themselves don't have discipline. That's why they're not doing a good job learning how to properly raise a child. And there is a proper way of how to raise a child to help them to understand what is going on within themselves, understand their own psychology, understand what's going on in the world, not make them a naive person that trusts evil people, you know, um, uh, help them to get a, a a wide, broad view of human history to put the times that we are living in into proper perspective and then help them to develop true life skills. You know, I look around and most of the people that I see in our society have very little to no life skills. All they know how to do is the job that they're paid to do for a paycheck. And that's about it. And they don't, they don't develop any other skills. They don't, they don't try to become what is known as a renaissance human. Right. The, a renaissance man, a renaissance woman, somebody who knows a broad range of topics and a broad range of skill sets. OK. And takes pride in being a generalist of understanding a little bit about a wide range of topics so they can basically put, uh, use that knowledge in any given situation and adapt. And parents aren't helping their children do that. They're teaching them life is about comfort. Life is about what you can get. As far as wealth and resources are concerned, life is about making money. Uh, you know, life is about your own, uh, subjective happiness and it's not about doing the right thing. It's not about becoming stronger. It's not about learning and growing in consciousness. It isn't about obtaining higher levels of freedom, which equate to more possibility in life as a human being. The, the, these are not being, these, uh, real true values are not being taught. 
Parents are teaching their children, just get a job that is as high paying as possible, make as much money as you can so you could have as much creature comfort as possible. And you know what that makes? That makes weak people. That makes people who are weak, who know very, very little outside of the limited, limited, limited scope that they need to understand to perform their job like a well-trained mammal. Okay, Uh, This is not what human beings were designed to do or to be. You know, we are we are designed to learn a wide variety of things and adapt to any given situation and apply that knowledge in those situations. And we don't have we uh, the parents are not instilling. There's very little conscious parenting such that parents instill within their children this self-discipline to say knowledge is important. Understanding and recognizing the truth is important. Having the tool set to have the discernment to be able to recognize truth from illusion and fantasy and falsehood. How many people even put as one of their true values in life what they consider very important in life truth and the ability to to discern truth we did social experiments in, in many different cities where we asked people to just list the three things that they found most important in life and everybody basically said family career happiness Happiness. things like that that's it happiness family career that's you know very few other things very few people even said freedom very few people said truth hardly any said the word truth as their top three things that they value in life so if we're not putting truth first if we're not putting an obligation to truth first and instilling within our children the self-discipline to first and foremost have truth as one of your main values and then secondly to develop the skill set to be able to discern truth from falsehood what are, what legacy are we leaving to humanity? We're, we're, we're putting weak children out into the world who are not going to be able to discern when they are lied to, when they are deceived. They're not going to recognize the presence of deception in their lives. They're going to be ultra naive. That We're trying to instill in children, instead of a sense of recognition of truth, a sense of belonging because of feeling, right? This is highly subjective. Uh, tr- the, you know, objective truth is what we should be teaching children. We're in this postmodern age where postmodernism is being taught to children. They're, they literally are being taught in school systems. There's no such thing as objective truth. It's all subjective and it's all up to you. You know, and feelings are more important than facts. This is what we're doing. The, the disservice, the disservice that we are doing the children by allowing them to grow up in this postmodern mentation. It, it's so damaging. It is so, it's, it's damaging not only to the mind, it's damaging to the soul because we are leaving a entire population of young people with no discernment to recognize reality from fantasy. And they are growing up as into adulthood into physical adulthood, quote unquote, as and and still having the mentation of a totally naive child who cannot recognize deception when it's being wielded against them as a weapon and do not have any tools or skill sets to be able to discern 
how reality actually works in their lives. And that is not doing any child a service. That is setting them up for total failure in life. And moreover, it's not just setting them up for failure in life. It's setting them up to be completely enslaved. And no parent who loves their child would do that to them. And that's why I say, and I've been, you know, working on many different presentations that I'm going to be coming out with, but one of them is going to be called, uh, you do not love your children. And it's going to be directed at parents. And it's going to be one of the most volatile presentations that I will ever deliver because I'm going to explain to people who have already had children, you don't truly love that child by way of your actual behavior in life. You can say all you want. You can say it till the, your dying breath that you do actually love your child. And I will still tell people like that right to their face. You're a liar. You yourself are lying both to yourself, to everyone else, but most of all lying to your child themselves that you really love them. You don't love them. You love the idea of a child. Okay, loving a child is doing what is truly responsible as a parent to make that child equipped for what they're going to have to adapt to and face in the reality of the world. And if you gauged success as a parent by doing those types of things, you will realize that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of parents are abject failures at parenting. They're not parenting on a conscious level whatsoever. They are failing their children and they're setting them up for failure in life and they're setting them up for being easy prey by the psychopathic elite globalist class that wants to enslave them and put them into bondage. And no parent who claims to love their children would ever set their child up for failure in that capacity. In 2020 has taken that whole thing and made it like times 10, you know, just the other day uh, I'm in a grocery store and there's a kid, little kid with the mask on who's like basically dodging me in fear because I'm not wearing a mask. Like as if I'm some kind of scary person where I've always been really good with kids. Most kids get excited to be around me and kind of like get along with kids naturally. But now we see Chris, now you're a dirty disease spreader. You know what I mean? How dare you? Yeah. Yeah, And seeing kids in masks has been one of the hardest things for me. Um, the adults, it sucks too, but the kids is like a whole nother level because they're being forced to do it by the adults and the adults are saying, this is what's right, which is like two plus two equals five. It's like torturing somebody to say um, something that's wrong and forcing them into a lie and getting them used to accepting and repeating this lie that masks are somehow going to save you from a disease, which has never been the case. And even if it was, we would still have the right to make a choice. Even if a million people were dying, it's still based on the principle of freedom. And that's, we're not even so close to that. You know, we're so far away from that. And, uh, you know, that's, to me, it's been one of the hardest things to see, see that going down. And one thing I think I'm curious about and other people I've talked to about, you know, when we talk about freedom is there is sort of a line there with children and young adults where, you know, um, we know that we don't force non-aggression principle. We don't force our opinions on other people. We don't coerce people. But there is sort of a little bit of a gray area there when it comes to your child and the point at which they're not ready to take care of themselves yet. And you do have to make certain choices to 
stop them from doing something or to keep them safe, you know, and, and so I can see where there is a little bit of confusion there. So, um, I'd be curious to see where you stand on that. Like what point is a child able to make decisions for themselves and when's it forced or not forced for a parent to make their child do something or not make them do something? Right. Well, obviously, I take the position that we are not the owners of other people. I see parents as the stewards of their child, and the child is a ward because they do not have the uh, mental capacity, uh, the discernment to make uh, truly informed decisions in life uh, until the point where they do take the grammar of the world into their mindset and and be able to logically process it and come to accurate understanding of it. Uh, that puts them in a position to then and act upon it rightly. Um, and that's what a parent's uh, first and foremost job is, is to help that child to truly understand what is going on within and around them. Um, most people uh, who have children are not doing that effectively. And it, it is, it's heartbreaking to see, uh, you know, uh, people practically abusing children by putting masks on them and then submitting them to uh, other institutions that will do that and uh, p- keeping them in that environment all day long. I mean, that is true child abuse. Um, so, but it becomes a very difficult situation, especially when you're talking about other people's children. Uh, you can say uh, in public you know, forums like this, uh, this is the wrong thing to do and try to make them aware. That, that's the, the number one thing we could do is try to bring awareness to these situations and show other people uh, you're not doing a disser- you're not doing any service to your child by being a coward and not standing up to this and just going along with whatever the government says. You're doing the exact opposite. You're doing harm to your child. And, you know, um, uh, outside of public education regarding that, it becomes a very difficult situation because I wouldn't, you know, overtly go and say, start getting in, in conflicts and fights with uh, other parents. You know, obviously they're the stewards of their own children and they're trying to do the best that they can with the uh, limited information that they have. But at some point, you know, it is a form of abuse being done. Um, so I think we have to raise awareness of this. And exp- the, the number one thing that any parent, first of all, can do for their child is get them out of the government uh, run indoctrination centers called public schools and homeschool your children. Take your child's education into your own hands and make it your own personal responsibility, which it is anyway. It isn't the state's responsibility to educate anybody's child. The number one thing that can be done from a conscious parenting perspective is remove your child from the evil indoctrination center and make whatever sacrifice is required to homeschool them yourself. You know, first and foremost, that has to be done. Um, then, you know, from that position, we're empowering parents to make the correct choices and, you know, not have to be at the at the whim or mercy of government or any government run indoctrination centers. So I think um, homeschooling provides, uh, you know, the beginnings, the foundations of a solution to that uh, horrific problem that we're seeing with what is being done with children right now. Yeah, it's really scary. I'm, I have two kids that are Mostly growing up, teenage, one's uh, still in the teenage years and the other one's just, you know, getting to the adult's age, so-called. And, um, you know, we have very different views, myself from them. And I saw how the public school um, really split them away from me. And they began even looking at me as sort of a crazy conspiracy theorist guy, I feel like, sometimes. And I, I think I have earned their respect and they love me. And I hope I've planted enough seeds you know, throughout their life that someday they will come to 
these realizations, but you know, um, it's really hard to see my own kids being indoctrinated and realizing my mistakes of not being more proactive in their education. Although I feel like I've always, you know, impressed the importance of morality. And I don't think school has any, you know, there's no such thing as a class in morality, you know, That's unless right. you go to some certain college and take a certain class. Philosophy is like a big joke, you know, and most people, when you bring up philosophy, they, they think of it as something silly, like old guys arguing, you know, where philosophy is really the tool we need to change the world from, from my point of view, you know, just if we understand the philosophy of what's right and wrong, if we understand the principle of things, then from there, we can actually start making a difference if we're thinking correct. But, you know, people are, like you're saying, they're so caught in the world of, of material things and basically what you've described as Satanism in so many words that people are like me first. And that's why I chose the Tree of Life for the End Evil podcast because, you know, we're all connected. Everything we do uh, affects everybody else around us. And so that's why it hurts me so bad when I'm, you know, out in public and I see kids in masks. But, um, yeah, to, to elaborate on that just a bit more, um, you know, my approach in life, uh, had, had been to not, uh, get involved in a situation to bear children, uh, because, uh, I feel like, um, I don't think I would be able to handle other people's, uh, uh, aggression toward them, uh, what I would see as overt aggression toward them. And it would probably put, have put me in a situation where I would have acted unbelievably violently and probably been dead by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would have been better off that I not have children. Um, uh, you know, should I have had children, I don't think I would have been alive at this point. Um, because that's how fiercely I would have defended my children from, uh, people trying to encroach upon their freedom or their rights in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, people can say whatever they want about that. You know, uh, I make no bones about it. Um, it's the reason, the main reason that I, said i really don't want children in this life because i know what i would i know what i would do to defend them had i had my own and uh that doesn't mean that i'm not in a position to speak about parenting uh i know an enormous amount about it uh i've studied it probably as deep as any other subject because i realized that that's one of the ultimate solutions in life is uh conscious parenting and um you know I just wanted to make make that point. Uh, one, one of the things that I did in in lieu of teaching a child was I decided that my own mother was going to be the person who I reversed their mindset. Now that's arguably even harder than the mindset of a child that is uh, adaptable and pliable. Uh, because they're still young and they haven't been super hardened into their ways as many uh, older adults become. And, um, uh, you know, this would have been my approach with my own ch- child. Uh, it would have been a very heavy handed approach, not from a perspective of any type of physical violence, but I would have mercilessly hammered into their mind the truth. They would not have been able not to see it. I would do it all day, every day for as long as they were a child, you know, and I mean unimaginably mercilessly nonstop 
right? That's what I feel conscious parenting is. I, I, I think it's borne out by methods of conscious societies who have done that and taken that heavy-handed approach when it comes to children. I call that the shamanic education. Uh, children do not have the right to refuse the knowledge of truth, because if they do, they become bad people when they get older. And that's what we've done. We've created by abdicating our personal responsibility to teach children the truth and hammer it into their mentality and get them to be able to consciously, by the information that they've received, get them to consciously understand truth from falsehood. We haven't done that as a culture, as a species, right? It has not been done, okay? That's why we have so many totally immoral, bad people in our entire society, because we have not done that work as parents, okay? As a whole, in all of our civilization. So I took the approach that my mother was going to be my project, and let me tell you something. I was I, – I have told these anecdotes in the past on my own show. I would walk into my mother's house with a key that she had given me, open the door, shut her television off, take a DVD, put it in the DVD player, shut off whatever show she's watching without even asking her and say, we're watching this right now, and you're going to have to call the police – to get me out of here and I'm armed and I'll get in a shootout with them and you'll see your son murdered in front of you. But I am not leaving and you're going to watch this. You, you, you could try to ignore it. I'll turn up the volume. I'll, I'll be here until it's over and then I'll leave. But it's going into your subconscious mind, whether it's going into the conscious mind or not, it's going to go into the subconscious mind. Right. And I mean, I barraged her with the information. Week after week after week for years, like I would do to a child. I would separate them from the bad information, and I would hammer them with the signal of truth. Hammer them with the signal of truth, whether they want it or not, right? So you could say that's pressure. You could say that's coercion, right? But I, I basically said, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to give you this information. I said, if you try to throw me out of the house, I'm done as your son. You will never see or hear from me again. And like I said, I, I, I would say, I'm armed right now. You want to get me out of the house, you're going to have to call the police to get me out. Okay? And I did that for weeks on end. No, really years on end, but I mean every week for, for a couple, a few years. Okay? Now, today, she is finally able to see that this is all about control. It's clear to her because of what I did. This would be the case with children if parents were forceful enough with their own child. And I don't say violent, right? But we have to take the responsibility to say, you don't know better than I do. And you're going to learn this whether you want to learn it or not. The, the child should not be placed in a responsibility of deciding that they don't want to learn morality, deciding that they don't want to learn about freedom, deciding that they don't want to learn about what the world situation is. That endangers them. That endangers the parent. That endangers everybody else in society, right? That's a true endangerment, not properly morally. That's it. It, it. it tugs on every single string in every aspect of society. And it weakens everybody, you know, like the old saying goes, the whole society is only as strong as the weakest link. 
Well, look at how weak people are. Look at how ignorant they are. And then we wonder why we're in the situation that we're in regarding our own freedom. See, I've said this phrase before. Other people's ignorance is my enslavement. And that's how people have to look at it. The more ignorant others are, the more you're enslaved. So if you care about your own freedom, you have to reach out in an educational effort to others. Now, obviously, with certain people, we're not going to have the ability to do that personally one-to-one like we would a child, a parent, uh, you know, uh, a friend, etc. And that's why we have to make media. We have to become conscious content creators and bring things into the world that didn't formerly exist in the world. And that, and in doing that, we're creating and we're doing that in the service of truth. And then we could put that out for free as widely and as freely as possible for people to take in. And that's what's going to slowly over time change people's understanding of both themselves and the world that they are living in. But unless we do that, we are shirking a personal responsibility. Uh, you know, people want to keep learning and learning and learning and watching and watching, and they think life's this spectator sport. Life isn't a spectator sport. It isn't a movie passing by your eyes on a screen. It's real life. You're in it. You're an active participant. You got to get involved personally and you got to speak out. Not speaking out and not creating media to help people to understand the truth means you're complicit in the lie, means you're complicit in the continuation of the immoral state that is already taking place. And there's no easy way to do that. You know, one thing I really take from you and the way you speak is willpower and persistence, you know, force of will a lot of the difficult things that are required for us in these days are not going to be comfortable. It's That's not, right. it's not going to be an easy journey. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, you know, I've had to go through some real sad and frustrating and depressing times, you know, having difficult friendships, you know, having uh, difficult times with family members because I'm, I'm not going to back down on certain things because I'm going to speak up about certain things every time it comes up because it's a principle I'm not going to back down on. And I've, you know, the more you become firm in that, the the more that you project it, like you were saying, when you go out in public, you project everywhere you go because it's coming from deep within you. So that's something I think anyone listening can take to heart and work on. Just like you exercise every day, you condition yourself to be able to speak out, to be able to say these things when they need to be said. And um, talking about media, I have right here your um, documentary that you've worked so hard on for the last couple years, Mark Passio and the Science of Natural Law. I had a um, pretty interesting um, showing. I was able to show it to some friends recently. I had hoped more people would come, but what was interesting about a couple of the people that did watch the documentary were um, two of them had involvement with um, police-type systems. One of them um, may be possibly joining a law enforcement-type thing. And the other one works in a jail. And as they're watching this film, this documentary, and you did such a beautiful job of it that, you know, people that do have that status mindset and that are indoctrinated by, you know, the false illusion of authority can still watch this documentary. But, you know, the comments they made, which I thought I'd bring to your attention was interesting. Um, they were like, why are all these pictures about, you know, when we were talking about violence, why are all the pictures of, of authority doing the violence. Why is it all pictures of, they didn't say authority. They said police or the military. You know, I mean, it's gangs and thugs that do violence too. Why doesn't, why isn't there pictures of that in there? And they're wondering why it's so heavily leaning in that direction. And I noticed your work 
has often been heavily in that direction of explaining why it's immoral to be in, um, an officer of authority and why it's immoral to be someone who's forcing other people to do things. Absolutely. That's a fantastic a question. You know, it's yeah. a difficult bridge to get, especially where I live here, where there's a lot of people that are more, um, I've moved further north in California, if you can believe it. There are people in Northern California that understand freedom better than you would think. Sure. But a lot of them are still very militaristic. They come from a military background. They have families and friends that are police officers, and they very much believe in that. So it's a difficult subject to uh, yes. uh, bridge the gap. And so I'd like to hear your thoughts on that subject. Great question, Chris. Uh, let's take it one uh, concept and aspect at a time. First is that you have to understand first and foremost, and uh, like I said, this was the main premise of me making the documentary, Mark Passio and the Science of Natural Law, is that there is a science of human freedom. Now, this is probably the first time anybody will hear anybody say anything like that, right? How many people have ever said freedom itself, whether beings are free or enslaved, there is a science to understanding that. That is governed by law and the understanding of how those states of either freedom or enslavement come about is a knowable, testable, and repeatable science that any human being can learn. Most people, first of all, have never heard that statement made. Secondly, most people are so brainwashed and indoctrinated that they will insist, no, that can't be true. And they're incorrect. There is a science to human freedom. There is a law that governs human freedom. As a society understands true objective morality and aligns their behavior to it, and therefore in the aggregate acts morally, they become and remain free. And as a society refuses the knowledge of objective morality and does not understand the difference between right and wrong and therefore does not bring their behavior into alignment with what is true as far as morality is concerned and they act immorally in the aggregate, they as a society increasingly become more enslaved and lose their freedom. And this could be tested over every single society in all of human history. And you can govern and you could determine the the amount of freedom that they had or the amount of enslavement that they had based on their aggregate moral or immoral behavior as a society. We could do that right now. And if we did, did that right now, we would understand most people are acting in a completely immoral capacity. And therefore, we are going deeper and deeper into bondage as an entire species. Now, that's principle number one. The film explains this science. Okay. Principle number two has to be understood that the reason I didn't put many regular thugs and street gangs committing violence, okay, is because does anybody believe that regular thugs and street gangs have the right as individuals to do the violent conduct that they perform on a daily basis? If you ask any human being with any normal functioning brain, 
Do you believe that the violent Los Angeles street gang thugs or the violent New York street gang thugs or the violent Chicago street gang thugs or the violent Miami street gang thugs or the violent Mexican thugs that run the Mexican drug cartels, etc.? Do you believe that those gangs as a whole, as a group, or any of the individuals within those thug gangs have the right to perform the violent behaviors that they, as thugs, perform on a daily basis. There isn't one normally functioning brain among us that would say, absolutely, those thugs have the right to do the violence that they do on a daily basis. If they see someone doing something on their corner that they consider their territory, they could just pull out a gun and shoot them dead. Nobody's going to say this. Okay, nobody's going to say that violent criminals have the right to perform violent criminal behavior. Everybody's going to say that's not a human right. But how many people will see another type of gang do the exact same types of behaviors on a daily basis just because they're told to by their superiors that it's okay for them to do that and the entire society with the exception of very 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 tiny few people believe in their own mind and in their own belief system that these individuals have been magically gifted with the right to do these violent behaviors to other people who have not actually done any harm to anybody else. Just because they're told, you have the right to go and do this violence to this person. Well, did they actually harm somebody else? No. We're telling you we don't like their behavior, so go and do violence unto them or cage them. Okay? You know, this is not a right that anyone has. Can I go up and stop someone from speaking? Like a cop can and say, this is an illegal uh, gathering and this is an illegal protest. Can I go up and stop someone from selling something to another person just because the government says it's off limits for uh, a transaction and both people are agreeing to do the transaction and the other person is, is saying, yes, I want this. And the other person is saying, well, I have this available just because that's deemed an illegal transaction. Would I have the right to go and stop that person? Would I have the right to, first of all, even deem what is illegal or an illegal transaction? No, I don't have that right as an individual. When drug laws are passed, would I, as as an individual, have the right to pass a law on my own? and say, you as an individual may not put that substance into your own body? No, I don't have that right as an individual. Why? There's a reason. There's a correct answer as to why I as an individual don't have the right to uh, uh, tell other people that they may not put something into their own body or that they must put something into their own body. One, I don't own their body. Two, if I do make the claim that I'm commanding what must not be put into your body or what must be put into your body, I am doing something. I am making a claim of ownership on that person's body, which is their own property, and it is not my property. To make a claim of prohibition is to make a claim of ownership upon the body of another. Well, what is the ownership upon the body of another called? It's called slavery. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that's what all authority is. I ask people, please explain to me how the concept of authority is any different than the concept of slavery. 
over another individual. How is authority over an individual different than slavery over an individual, different than claiming I'm the master and you're the slave? No one can do it if they're being honest and not lying to themselves because what authority is is the claim of ownership. See, I I give the example. This is my glass. I own this glass. I acquired it rightfully. I purchased it lawfully and rightfully without harming anybody to obtain this object. This is my property. I own this glass. The liquid in there I, I purchased, it is my property. I can drink it because my body is my property. So if I want to put this tea into my body, I can drink the green tea in the glass. I put part of my property into another part of my property, which is my body. That's my right to do this. Now, why can I do any of those things? Why are those things rights? One, they're rights because I am not harming another individual by doing those things. I'm not, I'm not initiating harm to another sentient being in that behavior. Therefore, it's a right. That's the main reason that it's a right. And the reason I have authority to do that is because All of these things are my property. The glass is my property. The liquid in the glass is my property. And my body is my property. Property means, by definition, that I am the exclusive decider of what happens with the thing that I own. So I cannot claim to own the body of another. That's called slavery. I can't say I'm the exclusive decider of what happens with your body. Whether something gets put into it, something is prohibited from being put into it. Okay, or what you do with the fruit of your labor, because that's your property. Okay, any claim on the body of another, any claim on the fruit of the labor of another is slavery. And it doesn't matter whether you think that's true or not. That is the definitive objective truth. Get as offended as you like. If you think otherwise, you're simply wrong. Okay, there is a truth regarding that that is objective to your perception. It is not subjective and dependent upon your perception. Okay, and I've explained the criterion for that. So I ask people, please explain to me how anyone can ever acquire the right to make the claim of ownership on the body or the property of another. How can anybody claim prohibition? How can anybody enforce prohibition? How can anybody claim taxation? How can anybody enforce taxation? How can anybody claim licensure or requiring permission to perform a right? How can anybody enforce licensure? When we understand that authority is just an illusory claim that does not exist in the realm of nature, and it is violence, it is the initiation of coercion and violence through direct action of violence or duress by by telling people I'm going to perform violence onto you if you don't obey my will. If you don't submit to my will, I'll do violence to you. That's holding them in a state of duress, which is a threat, a continued threat of violence. This is what the police and military are. Whether you any again, whoever I'm speaking to out in listening land and viewing land, it does not matter whether you believe that's true or not. It is still true. If you think it's not true, you are wrong. You are incorrect. You haven't thought it through logically and philosophically to the extent that it needs to be thought through to come to the objective correct answer. There is one objective correct answer, and all other answers are false. 
just like a mathematical equation. And this is what we will not submit to that truth as a species. This is why we're in the situation we're in. We will not bend our knee to that authority. The truth is the only authority. Okay? The, the creator of the universe who put the moral laws into effect in the universe, which we are bound by, is the only authority, and that is one and the same with truth. You know, that is the only authority I respect and submit to. There is no other. You know, that authority is not shared with humanity. We don't get to be the authority. We don't get to be the arbiter of truth. We don't get to be the decider when it comes to which behaviors are moral or immoral. We are to discover them. They are revealed unto us, and we, acting in our proper role as an individual conscious being, our role in this world is to discover that truth and take it into ourselves, accept it, and then align our behavior properly to it, meaning do the right thing, choose what is right over what is wrong, do not initiate violent behavior against your fellow sentient beings. That's the non-aggression principle. So the reason I put all of those violent actions by police in the documentary is because I'm relatively unconcerned with the violent behavior of your average non-state sponsored criminal thug gang. You know what they are to me? They're a minor nuisance that I can take care of with an AK-47. And we can go and hunt them down as a, as a pack when enough people decide we're done putting up with their nonsense and we're going to get rid of them because they don't have the right to do what they're doing. And we have the right to defend ourselves from violent criminal thugs like that with deadly force. That's called the right of self-defense, the second principle of natural law right after the self-defense principle. Understanding self-defense is this simple. First and foremost, understand that you're in the right. Make sure you're in the right. Understand what the right is and make sure you're in it. That's principle number one. That's the non-aggression principle. That means ask yourself the question, am I, as an individual, myself, forget about what anybody else told me to do, is my behavior aggressing against others? Meaning, if I perform this behavior, have I initiated an act of aggression against an innocent, sentient being that has not initiated an act of aggression against myself? Or anybody else. If you're in the right and then someone else comes along with a behavior that does initiate violence, coercion, aggression against other sentient beings, you have the right to stop that behavior by any amount of force required to stop it up to and including deadly force. That's it. In other words, don't start the aggression. And if aggression is started, you have the right to finish it. You have a right to end the aggression. That's as simple as the self-defense principle can be understood, can be explained and understood. So I am trying to explain to people in this documentary, the the average criminal thug gang like the Bloods and Crips and uh, Mexican drug cartels are not the the ultimate thing that we should be worried about. They Those problems could be handled ultra swiftly if humanity wanted to deal with those problems. And again, I'm not even pointing out, not just saying any particular gangs, I'm saying any violent criminals roaming the street could be dealt with as quickly as humanity wanted to deal with them. Okay. And as ruthlessly as we wanted to deal with them, because we would be in a right to do so. And they're already in the wrong by their own behaviors. 
Now, what people do not understand is the same violent criminal thug behaviors have been being done to people all along by people who almost our whole society actually believes has the right to do those violent criminal behaviors to them. So imagine if everybody became under the total delusion you know, the Mexican drug cartels have every right of what they're doing to people. If they want to go and just hack people's heads off with machetes and put them on spikes all along this road just to show their power, they have the right to do it. Could you imagine people saying that? Could you imagine any individual saying that they have the right to do it? But how many people will watch cops or military murder people outright just because they're Superiors told them that they can do it, and then in the next breath say they have the right to do that and lay down to their violence. This is infinitely more dangerous. It is always an infinitely more dangerous situation to hallucinate a right that doesn't exist and say this group and the individuals in that group that is this subset of violent people of humanity that are violent thug criminal gang has the right to do those things. And we're not going to do anything to stop them from doing those violent criminal behaviors. Imagine that. And see, that's what your friends don't understand. They don't understand that is the situation. They don't understand we already are at war. And that is an occupying force and an occupying army. It is an actual army among us, an army distributed among the population already that the founding fathers of America warned us never to allow to grow in our midst and allow to be erected all around us. They knew that human beings would be enslaved if they allowed that to happen. And that is what the police, the military, the National Guard, all of these order followers who do not delude yourself. If they're given orders, they're going to follow them. 99.8% of them, and I'm being generous, are going to follow their orders to their dying breath because that's their identity. They're in a cult. The cult is the cult of authority. That's what the God is. It's the idea of authority. Okay. They worship their superior officers in the cult of authority. And that the religion is you don't step out of your obedience. And that's called being an order following coward. That's what every one of the people in those institutions are bar none. All of them, not just some, not just most, every single one. Get as offended as you like. Whoever has family members in the police and military or National Guard, get as offended as you like. Whoever has brothers and sisters, whoever has parents in it, I don't care who you know, what your connection to them is. It's still true. Nothing you say or do will make that statement untrue. It is eternally true whether you understand it or accept it or not. Get as offended as you like about the statement. Order followers are bad people because you cannot follow your conscience. You cannot follow the knowledge of the objective difference between right and wrong for yourself 
as an individual while being a member of a group that requires you to follow orders. It is not possible to do both simultaneously. You have to make a choice. You have to choose between the truth of creation regarding right and wrong behavior under natural law and choose the right for yourself regardless of who else is doing it. Or you choose to be a member of a group identity, which is your cult. That becomes your cult. That becomes your false religion. That becomes the thing that's going to ultimately lead you to the destruction of your own soul. And you follow your orders that you are given like a good little coward. And like I said, that's eternally true. It is not a matter of opinion. I'm speaking what is correct and true. And anyone who doesn't agree with it or understand what I've just said is wrong. They are in the wrong and they are inaccurate in their understanding. And I don't, I don't mince any words or make any bones about it. I'm not going to say, well, you know, there's gray areas and oh, because you don't understand, I'm going to take it easy on you. No, it doesn't work like that. There's a truth regarding it. There is an accurate, objective truth regarding it, which is your personal responsibility to understand in life. I have come to that understanding by getting my ego out of the way. I set aside what I previously thought and accepted that I was wrong. The ego is the force that continues to make you as a cult member, talking about the people who still believe in authority, who still believe in government, who still believe that the police and military and National Guard, etc., have the right to do the things that they do. Your ego is hardened and calcified into a state of the belief in illusion. And you will not say to yourself, the, the, the thing that you have to say that is most important than anything else that you could possibly say to anyone else, and it is the hardest thing to say, and it is the most powerful thing to say, is I was wrong. And that's what the ego is holding you back from. The ego is saying, I can't hear this. That's your programming. That's the programming that the cult of this world gave to you from day one. Since the moment you came out of your mother's womb, this cult programming started hammering on you, this false illusory message of authority. And you that's locked up in your identity. That's locked up in your mental and psychological identity. And you perceive losing that belief as death. That's called ego death. So then the the incorrect, wrong ego comes in and says, I'm going to latch on to that and I'm holding on to that some bitch for everything it's worth. I'm not letting go. I'm going to hold on to that like jaws of a pit bull just hanging on for dear life. You know, that's what ego is. Ego is the inability to admit to oneself that you got fooled. You got played, boy. You got played, girl. You got played by people who know way more about what's going on in this life than you and want you as a puppet on their strings playing with you like a little marionette and getting you to believe what they want you to believe and getting you to condone what the, the immoral behaviors that they want you to condone. Play that explanation for your friends, Chris. And if they, they want to come and see me personally about it, let them come and see me personally about it and I'll educate them. I'll explain the exactitude of what is really taking place and going on in this life. Because right now they're naive children with a calcified ego that don't understand the evil that they are ensconced in. And it's killing them, whether they realize it or not. It's killing their loved ones. It's killing their family, their friends, and they haven't woken up to it yet. And future generations, people to follow, are going to have to suffer the consequences of these mistakes we're all making 
as a That's whole right. and as individuals. And once we come to realize this truth that you're describing, it seems so simple and so basic. It's almost like when you're working on a riddle and you get the solution and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, when you start thinking about, oh, this is my body. How did I, I not see that before? I get to make yeah. these choices, but I think you're right. A lot of people never heard these things and no yep. one had the bravery or the nerve like we talked about or the guts to stand up and say it. And so I'm working on developing that will to do it. I'm not quite as eloquent <laughs> as you are and forceful, but I'm working on it. And, and I really appreciate the energy that you put forth when, when you do that, because that's Thank what you. it took to get me to this point where I'm able to speak up. And people come up to me all there. the time, scary, Chris, you know, yeah, it is, it is. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of working with yourself to, to develop that. People come up to me all the time and go, Mark, thank you for kicking me in the ass and not sugarcoating anything. Some people can't hear what I say and that's okay. They can go and get it from somebody else, but I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to be true to myself. This is my natural personality, and I'm going to speak the truth plainly and clearly and as succinctly as I can in my normal manner. You know, I look at it like even when I was starting out, I was being overly nice to people to get them to listen to me. And I really don't do that anymore because we don't have time to do that. Number one, to sugarcoat people into the right. truth, you know, and one of the methods that I, I favor now, in addition to just plain and simple speaking, the truth is ask people the uh, questions in sort of the Socratic method of saying, I want to hear about what your moral sensibility is, right? Make it about yeah. them because the ego likes that. Right. Oh, he wants to ask questions about me and what I think. Right. And then ask them, do you consider yourself a moral being? And every one of them is going to say yes. Well, do you also agree that a moral being would not ever do behaviors like this or condone behaviors like this? And then can a moral being acquire the right to do these types of immoral behaviors like murder, assault, rape, theft, trespass, coercion, deception, etc.? Right? No, they'll say no. No human being can acquire the right to do that as an in individual. Those things are wrong. I'm a moral being. I recognize them as being wrong. So how could anybody suddenly acquire the right to do those things if no one's aggressing against them? Right? And then ask them, well, do you condone what's going on here with police and military? And then they'll start to see the contradiction in their thoughts. They'll start to realize no one is exempt from these laws of morality if they're being honest with themselves. See, that's the first rule of real initiation, initiation into yeah. the truth, into the occult world that has been hidden from our eyes, right? Into the truth about morality, into the truth about our consciousness, into the truth about what's going on in the world. The first rule is stop lying to yourself because if you continue to lie to yourself you will be apt to lie to everyone else and then you're doing nobody in the world any good if you're continuing to lie see this is why when i have shortcomings when i fail when i do things that are wrong when i do things that uh, you know i i know that i shouldn't have done or i shouldn't have acted like that i say to myself i was wrong I will say to other people, I was wrong. I wasn't good enough in that instance. I wasn't strong enough in that instance. Stop making excuses for poor behavior. Stop making excuses for other people's poor behavior. Call it what it is. Call your own BS. Call other people's BS. Don't just let it go unchallenged because something that is wrong that goes unchallenged starts to be seen as something that's just fine when it's not. 
And that's what we have to do. We have to develop that courage to speak out and call BS when we see it and say, no, that's not okay. That's not right. No one has that right. No one can give anybody that right. You know, and if people are honest with themselves, they will see the truth of the matter and they will be able to acknowledge their former wrong thinking. And that's what's putting the world into the situation that it's in. Incorrect thinking regarding morality, and then we condone immoral behaviors for certain groups of people that never had the right to do those behaviors to begin with. I think if everybody in the world saw this documentary, that we would have a lot of people having a lot of sleepless nights. And tossing and turning in their bed and dark nights of the soul. And I hate to wish upon people, you know, a really rough time and a dark night and sleepless nights, but that's what we need. We need a lot of that. We need a lot of people going through frustration. But um, I will say, um, watching the documentary a few times now, you did an excellent job of still keeping it. Um, you know, the way the questions you chose, talking to people in public and hearing, you know, the thought process of everyday regular people, it, I think it kind of gives just a regular person a way of kind of working through these questions and then being like, is that, is that right? And so, you know, I highly recommend to anybody um, and everybody to watch the Mark Passio and the Science of Natural Law documentary. It's available on your website under gifts. Is that correct? What, what on yes. is happening.com? Uh, for the next, uh, I believe, uh, 13 days, it will be exclusively available in gifts.whatonearthishappening.com. My website, what on earth is happening. You can just click the gifts tab if you wish. And, um, it's available there on DVD and flash drive, but I'm going to be releasing it, um, to the public for free on November 11th, which, uh, commemorates the, uh, 14th year anniversary to the day of the day that I started What on Earth is Happening back on November 11th, 2007. So uh, I'll be putting it out for free on November 11th, uh, very um, coincidentally enough, Veterans Day. Uh, and, um, you know, it'll be out It'll be out on all my usual social media areas uh, on that date. Uh, but uh, if you are uh, of the mindset uh, to uh, want to uh, make a donation for uh, a hard copy, uh, you could obtain that um, through many different donations methods at gifts.whatonearthishappening.com. And uh, Chris, I thank you for um, uh, you know the compliment on the documentary. We worked really, really hard on it over a two-year period with my team here, and um, I'm very, very happy with the way it came out. And I, I love that you said that you what the effect you want it to have is to keep people up at night and keep them up in their bed thinking, what have I condoned? What have I thought? How have my thoughts been out of alignment with reality and truth? That is the intent of this documentary. So if that is coming across like that, I'm very glad to hear that um, it is actually realizing the intent that I made the documentary with. So thank you. Yeah, it's a real tool. It's a real tool for changing things in the future. And uh, all your work has been. So, you know, like I can't say thank you enough. I really appreciate to be on the path that I'm on and to have the opportunity to speak on the One Great Work Network that you've created, which is also, you know, astounding, amazing thing that exists and gives, you know, someone like me, just some regular carpenter dude who didn't study all the things you studied, the ability to learn and be able to speak to others, you know, and um, it's, it's, it's all of us. It's a teamwork thing. If we all start putting our effort in and our willpower, like you've shown us, um, we can change things. We can end evil. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't That's have right. to be this way for future generations. We can make a better world. So, um, you know, I think it's a good place to close um, this discussion for today. I hope we can have 
uh, future discussions, Mark. I so appreciate your work and you showing up here for tonight and bringing all this energy and wisdom. And um, any last words you want to share? Absolutely, Chris. I thank you for that. And um, yeah, um, people check out OneGreatWorkNetwork.com. Chris is a phenomenal content creator on the network. So glad to have you on board. Uh, I'll um, I'll come back anytime you want to have me, Chris. I, I I like your work. I like what you're doing. And uh, you know, keep it up. And um, you know, uh, if people want to check out more of my work, they can visit WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. I always recommend, of course, to go to the podcast section, which is where the uh, the crux and bulk of my work is at, uh, and go in order. For from number one all the way through. I have 236 episodes to date. I'm going to be starting the um, podcast series up again in January of 2022. Wow. And um, you could check out Mark Passio on the Science of Natural Law. That's my uh, first uh, feature-length documentary. And uh, if you want to see the work that that's built upon, check out my Natural Law Seminar, which is an eight-and-a-half-hour seminar about natural law, uh, the real law of attraction, and how to apply it in your life. So, Chris, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm really, really uh, glad to see the work that you have put forward on the One Great Work Network and keep it up. Thank you, my friend. Sounds like a plan. I don't intend on stopping. This is what the work we have to do. So thanks, folks. Now you know the work you have to do. Get on it. What is consciousness? It's perception. Consciousness is awareness perception. Whoever will accept any part of it, with whoever will accept any 